Good evening, Chair. Yes, we need to start. Let me deal with the attendance register first. Uh, members who are present, it's uh, it's Honorable Hunervalt, Honorable Kavantava, Honorable Lusen, Honorable Opperman, Honorable Kalipi. That's the members that I'm having. Let me also welcome the Salga. I see uh, the deputy president is here. I see the COO is here. Um, who else? That's the two guests I could see that's far from Salga. Uh, I've also seen you, Honorable Brink. I see you are here. Mm, then also the DG of Traditional Affairs is here. I see the DG of Traditional Affairs is here. Who else is here? I'll tell you now. Utebo um, who uh, is here. I think is the one that is the one that is gonna do the presentation. Uh, yes. Those are the people I could recognize. Yes, the children do we form a quorum? Do we? We do, ne? Honorable Mpumza is also here. We do, ne? Yes, we do, Chairperson. Yeah, we do form a quorum. So we can proceed with the meeting. Uh, let me take this opportunity to welcome all of you, uh, uh, including our guests. I see the guests from PMG, the Salga delegation, the department delegation, both two departments, as I've said. I've seen also the DG of Transnational Affairs is in our midst. Uh, we are meeting today to deliberate on the local government municipal systems bill amendment bill. And I was initially told we were going to be joined by uh, Miss Yolanda from uh, the state law advisor and uh, advocate Jenkins from the parliamentary um, uh, legal services. The legal advice of a parliament, but I've not yet seen them having logged in here. So we'll welcome them as they join us if they're going to join us. Ashrin, can you confirm the attendance of this meeting? They haven't joined us yet. Chairperson, I know that Advocate Jenkins was in a meeting. Yes. I will just follow up with him quickly. Yes, yes, because they have to be here, because whichever way forward we are going to take, they must be part of the discussions. Then uh, I should welcome you all. Safe to say that uh, this bill is long overdue. I think we should then start to expedite it so that there's a finality on this matter, because you know there's still going to be NCOP processes. It can't be that this bill will just like dance. We said we need to 
reprioritize it and attend to it. And we are not meeting for the first time. I think. Ooh. Who's this person now? Let me check, colleagues. Sorry, I want to call the person to order. I'll tell you who's the person. Mm, I can't see the person who's making noise on the screen. Maybe with time we'll know who's, who is it. Uh, maybe no, no you you are you are repeating yourself, Chair. Is it it's me? Because of, it's because of yes, it's because of the network. Yeah, it has been confirmed we are from the Bundus. <laughs> by one particular who's in our music. Bear with us, eh? Here network is still a luxury. Uh, 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 yes, but I'll try. Then, uh, we have one apology from the minister. That's the apology I have. I don't know the whereabouts of the two deputy ministers. Uh, the minister oh, I said an apology. Eh? Apologies, Chair. No. You see, apologies are signed in writing, Brian. Since when are you a deputy minister or eh? Brian? Apologies, Chair. I, I have just late. Uh, we won't apology. send the letter while we were in the meeting. Because before I started this meeting, I was the oh, the other deputy minister is here. Thank you, uh, DM Tau. Thank you very much. Send apologies while we then send apologies while we were already in the meeting, Brian. You hear? So then we we need to deal with that. Uh, that's far when I started this meeting, the only apology that I had was the apology of the minister. You no, you no, I'm, 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 no, you are here. I'm no, seeing you. No, if I can just explain. You have to explain the apology. You have to explain as well, Deputy Minister. You I, see, I, the minister I, had the audacity to send us an apology, right? Who wants to explain an apology? Something I, came on his way to the meeting. I was just saying that I've just left the, the and DM Papela in a meeting with the IEC and the demarcations board. So we agree yeah, that yeah, I should come. I accept the comments mm. that uh, the apology should be in writing. Yes, the minister knew she was going to attend that meeting of the demarcation board and the IEC. She sent an apology. So I don't know what happened to Deputy Minister Papela. Yes, that, that's the issue because we are discussing this bill. I'm glad you are here. It's critical. We need uh, to hear yourself as the principal, political principal on the matters. And colleagues, can we then uh, end over to the department to take us where we left previously? Over to you, uh, Deputy Minister, if there's anything you want to say before the officials present. Sorry, Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. We thought that uh, we would be guided by yourselves as our understanding was that this is a, a discussion that is ongoing. It is not a completely new subject to the committee. So 
we thought you would guide us as to whether for purposes of creating further context, we should do a quick presentation. Safe to say that uh, this is a discussion on the municipal systems amendment bill, where the court had ruled that the bill should uh, be tagged to the NCOP and thus required that we restart the process of the bill being processed by parliament. Uh, the process has already started uh, and the bill has already been presented. And the idea really is to sort out uh, issues in relation to management and administration, including the qualifying criteria for senior officials in government, um, possible conflict of interest and so on. We should say, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, that uh, Submissions and comments have been received from various quarters. Uh, needless to say, the South African Local Government Association, uh, from Labour and other stakeholders, who have commented. And in the presentation, there is reference to some of the areas in which we have either want to bring to the attention what the views are the, as a department, and how we have sought to incorporate some of these issues. So, if you so wish, Chairperson. We can quickly ask uh, uh, the administrative team that's available to take us through the presentation. Okay. Over to you, admin. Yes, Devo. The presentation is loaded. We are just waiting for the face and the presenter. Liam. 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 Chaperson? Yeah, uh, Chaperson? Oh, Temu, oh, question. Oh, you're here. No, it's loaded. Yeah, there is. Chaperson? Whose phone then, is this one? Is it your phone, Temu? No, it's not my phone. So, uh, mm -hmm. uh, may I continue? Continue. Honorable Chaperson, uh, the DM has already introduced uh, our presentation, and... Uh, I might not uh, bore the uh, committee with the lengthy presentation, but uh, I will zoom straight into the comments that were made during the deliberations with stakeholders and uh, the portfolio committee. And I will also indicate what uh, our opinion is in relation to the... Uh, the, the can you switch off your mic? Thank you. Proceed. Uh, the, the, what what we did, Chairperson, uh, is to uh, clap all the comments, and I'm not going to go to each and every stakeholder's comment because most of them were repeating uh, it itself. We have clustered them in the ones that uh, we felt that uh, it should be brought to the attention of the committee. And our 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 opinion thereof. The first one 
It's in relation to the six-month period. It is uh, suggested that uh, the six months might not be enough for a person who is appointed on an acting capacity whilst the municipality is awaiting appointment of a senior manager. Uh, uh, the stakeholders were of the opinion that the six months might not be adequate and that we should at least give them a longer period for them to make sure that they appoint uh, a senior manager. Our response to that, uh, Chairperson, is that um, uh, the six-month period will be adequate because as matter stands in our proposed amendment is that um, the persons who are appointed must be in that position for a period of three months and uh, the municipality or council must proceed with the recruitment process. And in the event that uh, that recruitment process should not be finalized within the three-month period, they may request the MEC to uh, extend that for a period of, uh, of uh, a, a further three months. The reason why we are not supporting the extension of a six-month period uh, chairperson is because uh, municipalities, uh, we are aware that they have the luxury of prolonging the recruitment process. So we want municipalities to be within that specific period of three, years to three months to six months for them to expedite the process of recruitment. We will assist them to and monitor the process of accelerating the process of appointment of uh, or a municipal manager for within the period of three months and six months. The second one uh, is with regard to the secondment of uh, managers directly accountable to municipal managers. The issue here is uh, in relation to the secondment by the MEC that there is no provision in the Act that gives provision for the MEC to second a person who should then be acting as a manager accountable to a municipal manager. Uh, our response is that the absence of an express provision in the bill to second persons to act as senior managers does not necessarily take away the MEC to second a person. Firstly, the MECs and uh, national government must make sure that municipalities are capacitated that in the event that there is no other senior manager uh, tentatively appointed, other senior man or other mem uh, uh, middle managers in the municipality may then be appointed in an acting capacity. And the MEC, in the absence of a suitably accountable person to act in the position of an, a, a manager accountable to a municipal manager, will then have to second someone who will then act as a, a manager accountable to a municipal manager. The third comment was uh, the municipal manager appointing managers directly accountable to, uh, to, 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 to uh, a municipal manager. The feeling of the uh, stakeholders was that there was a further uh, 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 disjuncture and not a clear distinction in relation to whether council or the municipal manager may appoint uh, someone as a senior manager uh, in consultation or after consultation with council. We are of the opinion that uh, the power to appoint managers directly uh, uh, accountable to a senior manager lies with a municipal council. So it is proper that a the, the, the senior manager will then be appointed uh, after consultation with, uh, with, 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 with the municipal council, in consultation with the municipal council. We make sure that uh, uh, the uh, power to appoint a senior manager, especially those who are accountable to a municipal manager, 
should not be taken away from council as it is in the spirit of the Municipal Systems Act. And uh, we are not supporting the idea that uh, the municipal manager must have the sole power to appoint managers accountable to a municipal manager. But that particular right belongs to a, a municipal council. Uh, another comment is in relation to fixed term contracts of managers directly accountable to municipal managers. When this uh, matter was before uh, the parliament uh, in 2011, the deletion was uh, of the, when we deleted section 577, it made provision for the appointment of uh, managers accountable to senior managers to be appointed on a command basis. However, there was a misunderstanding in relation to the interpretation thereof. What we are putting forth is a clear indication that uh, there should be a, a, a clear indication in the act itself that managers accountable to senior managers should be appointed on a permanent basis for purposes of uh, uh, stability and also for purposes of continuity and uh, 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 for municipalities to have institutional memory going forward after local government elections in particular. The next one was the limitation of political rights of municipal managers and managers directly accountable to municipal managers. Uh, we have had a discussion with the committee on this particular matter, and uh, we have been uh, very clear with uh, our input that uh, uh, the advice that we received from the chief state law advisor and the advice that we received also from Sina uh, uh, Council was that um, we are within the constitutional right to limit certain political rights of senior managers in municipalities. But however, we have indicated that uh, this parliament will then have to decide because of uh, the experience that we had in the past, whether we still have this clause in the bill or parliament will then decide whether this particular clause uh, should be removed from uh, the, 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 the proposed amendments. We are however, uh, uh, Chairperson, indicating that because of this clause, we have managed to have some sort of stability in municipalities, and uh, our, our, our point will be that uh, uh, for purposes of stability and continuity and uh, having certainty in the administration of municipalities, this particular clause should be retained. The other comment is in, the, uh, in relation to uh, the renewal of fixed-term contract. Uh, we looked at the, 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 the issue in relation to this is that most municipalities or some municipalities uh, looked into this existence of this clause for them not to follow the proper processes of recruitment. And uh, our view is that uh, uh, this particular section, uh, we support that it should be removed and that uh, all uh, uh, MM positions that are vacant should be advertised and they should be an open uh, uh, competition in relation to filling this particular position. So we support that uh, this particular uh, 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 clause should be removed from the from the proposed amendments. The other one is in relation to the sectoral determination versus the municipal regulatory powers. Where some was all the opinion that every employee should be subject to the sectoral terms and conditions of employment determined by the relevant bargaining council and that matters of this nature are best uh, left in the bargaining council. Uh, we are of the, opinion, uh, of the opinion that the bill itself or the section that deals with this particular sectoral determination does not take away 
the powers of the bargaining council to determine the bargaining processes in, in, in uh, uh, with municipalities. Uh, the scope of, of application of the main collective agreement concluded the bargaining council implicitly exclude municipal managers. Municipal managers are therefore not part and parcel of uh, the bargaining, uh, the collective bargaining. And as a result, uh, we are of the view that uh, uh, section uh, uh, 72 of the Municipal Systems Act, as it stands, give the authority to make, the minister the authority to make regulations and setting minimum norms and standards. And that include also matters relating to the salaries and so on. So, because they are not part and parcel of the bargaining council, there should be a different regime that deals with uh, uh, the, 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 the rights. And that should be uh, left uh, out of the bargaining council. The second one is uh, in, rela in relation to the maladministration and malpractice of mismanagement. Section 106 uh, uh, of the Act in relation to the maladministration, malpractices, and mismanagement by MEC. This relates to instances where MECs are given the authority to investigate in instances where there are allegations of uh, uh, maladministration, malpractices, and mismanagement. And in instances where MECs are not uh, uh, doing that, then the minister will then be required to do that. We are of the opinion that this should be included in the proposed amendment as it gives enough space for MECs in instances of uh, allegations of maladministration and, and mis mismanagement, that uh, uh, in instances where this is not uh, done by the MECs, then the minister should do that. So we are of the opinion that uh, this should be left uh, in the proposed uh, amendments. Those were the club uh, uh, proposed amendments that we received from stakeholders and that were also canvassed during the deliberations with the uh, portfolio committee. And uh, we are of the opinion that uh, the, the deliberations will also come clearly when the portfolio committee discusses clause by clause of the, of the bill, that uh, the deliberations will then, this particular position of the, of the department will give uh, some sort of an advice to the portfolio committee on how to deal with the proposed amendments in the in the bill. Thanks, uh, Chairperson and uh, Deputy Minister and Honourable uh, uh, Members. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Mutashuku, for the presentation. Committee members, can you switch Hussein. off your mic? Can you switch off your mic, Tabo? Tabo must switch off his mic. Mute, uh, Mute your mic. Okay. Members, while he's trying to mute his mic, uh, can I see a show of hands of members who want to discuss whether we agree or disagree with the proposal and any other proposal that members want to make? I'm giving this opportunity. Can I see a show of hands? Before that, let me welcome the following colleagues who have joined join us, uh, Honorable Tohu, Honorable Tuli, and Honorable Hadewe, and the state law advisor, they are here, including the parliamentary legal advisor, they are all here. And who wants to speak? Can I see show of hands? Hussein. It's brief. I have raised my chair on the platform. 
Opperman. Opperman. Usen. Who else? Kalipi. I've already noted you long ago. Oh, thank you. Come, come. Come. Yes. So it will be Brink, Kalipi, Opperman, Hussein, and so. Is that all? In that order. Honorable Brink. Thanks very much, Chair. I think uh, the one thing I do appreciate in the first instance is the brevity of the proposal, and I think it sets a good standard for other officials because we've read these things before. Uh, but I just want to say before I put my questions that it would be very useful if in preparing the presentations in future, a uh, reference is made to the actual uh, sections or clauses of the bill, because you'll see, um, you know, if you if you look at slide uh, 15, for example, which refers to section 54, capital A, sub eight there's no there's no reference to that that section in fact of the bill there's no reference to that clause of the bill um and it would just be good housekeeping to include that the same with with slide 29 that uh, refers to i think section 72. um having said that uh, chair my my question would just be going to slide 15 that refers to 54 capital a sub Eight. The request here was that the MEC, once he becomes aware of an irregularity or once he receives uh, appointment uh, details about the appointment of a, of a senior manager, um, he's got 14 days to take certain actions, including going to court to set the appointment aside. And the request before the committee was that 14 days to brief an attorney, senior counsel, go to court, um, might not be adequate. Now this, you have to remember, this is 14 days, the municipal council has got 14 days since the date of appointment to uh, submit the papers to the uh, MEC, and then there's a, there's a further 14 days once the MEC has received this information for him to act on any patent illegalities. Um, now, as I said, in the presentation itself, the reasons for, for rejecting this proposal are not exactly clear. Uh, it's sort of a one-liner, and, and maybe we must just get that right so that we can enter this thing with the right frame of mind. Second uh, question, Chair, is of course, the big issue about this bill is is the attack that there was in court on the restriction of senior managers to hold office in political parties. That restriction has been there since 2011. The court never made a decision about the substance of it, uh, about the substantive issue. Um, the bill, the uh, the act was the amendment act of 2011 was set aside because of a tagging issue, a legal technicality. Um, and I, I think we are pretty sure that this limitation as it stands in the bill um, is probably above reproach. Uh, it might be a limitation on, on political rights, 
but it's a justifiable limitation given that we want a professional public service uh, and that senior managers and municipalities holding political offices uh, um, undermines that important constitutional objective. What I want to know is the comments of DCOG on the proposal of SALGA, which we haven't uh, heard. Now, SALGA wants to extend that limitation in section uh, 56, uh, capital A, wants to extend that prohibition that applies currently to, to senior managers to all municipal officials, which on the face of it sounds like a good idea, um, completely making the municipal administration, in theory at least, uh, apolitical. What is the comment of the department on that? And once the uh, state law advisors join us, um, I would like to know from them, what do they think about the constitutionality of, uh, of taking Sargon's proposal uh, great, thank you, Chair. So the crisp question is, what do they think of uh, Selga's proposal of extending the prohibition on holding political offices, uh, uh, offices in political parties to all municipal officials? Do they think it will survive a constitutional challenge? Given that if you look at the limitation of fundamental rights, you have to consider things like the nature and extent of the limitation um, and, and whether less restrictive, uh, um, uh, less restrictive limitations uh, could have been considered. So I, I like, on the face of it, I like the idea of a completely apolitical municipal service, but the question to the law advisors is, do they think if we take Salga's uh, proposal on board that it will survive uh, attack on, on its constitutionality. Thank you, Chair. Honorable Brink. Honorable Mkalipi. Thanks for the presentation, Chairperson. Uh, I'm very sorry that I could not get the presentation in time. I don't know what is wrong with my email because our secretary of the committee said that he, she sent to us yesterday. But nevertheless, Chair, let me just uh, ask from you, where are we in terms of the process? Uh, I heard when Honorable Brink was saying that when he was commenting on the Salga uh, contribution and you said, no, they are here. So are we getting this presentation, which I thought it was a, a summary of all other contribution uh, from other stakeholders, or are we still going to get a presentation from all of them as the, the documents that were sent to us? The reason no, why no. I'm asking you, yes. No, 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 no. They are just here to as observers to hear how are we deliberating. This is our meeting. Okay. Remember last time what has happened? The department has consolidated all stakeholder submission. Now they didn't have time to respond last time. That's why now they are responding. But this is now purely a committee matter. That's why we are going to what we are doing is questions now as Honorable Brink has done that. Then we'll discuss whether we agree or disagree with the proposals. If there's any other proposal that members want to make, give you an opportunity to do that. Yeah, then... Uh, um, what will happen then, the state law advisor and the parliament legal advisor will get their inputs as well. 
and then uh, uh, then if there is a if once you make your inputs and then we all agree then we will then request the law, state law advisor and the department to come up with an amended list. Then the committee will then have to meet again to consider the amendment list and the report. That's where we are now. Okay, thanks, Jefferson, so, for the clarification. So. The reason why I'm asking, I didn't pick on the presentation of the COG from my honorable DDG. Uh, what was uh, the contribution of Salga? I remember last time uh, before the COVID, Salga came to to present okay. their perspective, and they were very yes. passionate about their perspective. And uh, as I had said, Chair, uh, I, I don't know how I missed this presentation of the department, but when I was listening to my TDG, I couldn't get what was Salga was also contributing in terms of submission. So that's why I was asking if Salka is still coming. So thanks for the clarification. Chairperson, I just want to get clarity again because I think I also agree with the with what Salka was putting forward to us in terms of that 14 days uh, that uh, the MEC, after you have the, the, the council, after they have a higher manager or a municipal manager, they have that foreign days to communicate with the MEC. And I remember very well Salka saying that it does not work because at some point, MEC come, comes back after three months or six months or whatever. So there's no specific uh, time frame in terms of the act to say that the MEC must comment uh, on such and such date. And then when the MEC comes back after so many uh, months have been passed, and it also disorganized the municipalities a uh, big time. So that concurrency of the MEC must be also be debated by the committee and also be uh, addressed accordingly to the act. So that one, I think it must also come clear because the decision must be taken by the committee. Yes. When I was listening to my DDG, uh, we was commenting on the issue of fixed term contract of managers. And according to the DDG, DDGs, he is saying that he's supporting that notion of the fixed-term contract. I also want to get a clarity from my DDG in terms of Section 198B to AB of the Labor Relations Act. Did the COG, the COG took to consideration the LRA to that effect of fixed-term contract? Because if he's saying that as the department, they, they are supporting this fixed-term contract of managers, is not going to come back and bite us in terms of the LRA if it's not addressed. Thank you, Chairperson. I'll, I'll just pause there for now. Thank you, Honorable Mukalipin. Honorable uh, Opperman. Thank you, Chairperson. I just want to reiterate some of the sentiments that Honorable Brunk has had now. And I want to say uh, the more background should have been given now because the constitutional court ruling itself said that the unconstitutionality and the Honorable members, is it only me who can hear? Yeah, I know. We also can't hear. Yeah. No, we lost her, Chair. Okay. 
can we move to Honorable Hussein while she's trying to connect back? Uh, Chair, can I just ask, uh, uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. I, I may I just ask uh, Toboho, please, if you can just put that uh, slide 15 back up on the screen. Um, because I just want to raise just a point of clarity before I make the comment. Otherwise, I'll be uh, it will be unfair to, to say what I'm going to say. If you don't mind, just putting it back up on the screen for me. Slide 15, Toboho. It's the one that talks about the political appointments that Honorable Brink was referring to. I'm just telling that we lost network. Maybe, maybe I mustn't delay, Chair. I must maybe just proceed and uh, if I'm then, then they will just raise it. Chair, if, if, I, if I understood uh, the, the, the point that was being made on... I was cut off the Chairperson. No, I've noticed that you'll come after Honorable Uzi. I'd send you a message. I'd send you a message, Honorable uh, Opperman, that you'll come after Honorable Uzi. Thank Honorable you, Chair. Okay. Honorable Uzi, proceed. Yeah, Chair, I'm, I'm referring in particular to the one uh, provision, uh, and Honorable uh, um, Brink had spoken about it uh, a short while ago, you know, and it's that clause that's in reference to Salga's proposal uh, to um, uh, to ensure that that uh, all officials of the municipality do not hold political office. And if I heard him correctly, what he said was that they that that the department proposes you remove that clause altogether. So I just wanted to get that clarity whether I heard him correctly, because if that is the case, chairperson, I want to. Uh, suggest that it not be removed and that we support the view by Salga, which which I must say that I think is a, is a very brave uh, suggestion from Salga uh, to expand that provision to all provision uh, to all employees of the municipality. And, and let me explain to you why, Chairperson, in a real case example, you know, uh, sometime last year I was having a conversation with um, a very senior manager in the Tigwini municipality. We were just standing and having a casual conversation in the car park. And he was relating to me, Che, um, how a, um, a junior manager in his own department uh, who holds a, a very senior political office, I won't go into all of the details just because I don't think it will be fair uh, to put that, uh, you know, and make it public. But he was relating to me a, 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 a real a, a situation in, in that municipality where in his own department, a junior uh, official who happens to hold a very senior office, uh, political office in his political party, was appointed a few months ago and has since not turned up to work. And his job every day was to go around doing some sort of political organizing, but he was fully employed by the municipality. He doesn't turn up to the office at all. And uh, the manager can do nothing about it because this gentleman holds a very senior uh, position in the political party. Now, that's a real case example. And I think, Chairperson, most of us uh, may have uh, the similar examples that we could find in municipalities across our country. Um, and for that reason, I think that if we genuinely want to rid our municipalities of all forms of political interference from any political party, that we must try and professionalize our operations in all municipalities so that we can try and isolate all political involvement from uh, 
from municipalities and that people then, the, you know, those civil servants that are appointed do so on the basis of what's in the best interest of the municipality rather than what's in the best interest of the political party that they represent. So I want to caution uh, the department if they suggest that, uh, that that provision in the in the in the uh, in the bill must be removed because I I wouldn't support it uh, given that example that I've just illustrated and I'm sure there must be more. That's the only point I wanted to raise. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Honourable Lawson. Honourable Oberman. Thank you, Chairperson. I'm partly covered by what Honourable Hussein and Honourable Brunk just said, because the, the Constitutional Court ruling itself never said that this particular amendment with regards to Section 56, Capital A1, was an unjustifiable limitation as per Section 36 of the Constitution. So, in part, I agree with Salga that no employee of the municipality should hold any political office. Then with regards to the Constitutional Court ruling itself, when the court ruled that this bill was unconstitutional and inconsistent and invalid, it directly stemmed from the procedural flaws of the bill. The court's only concern was that the bill was not tagged or categorized correctly, and therefore it was invalid for want of compliance with Section 76 of the Constitution. So the, at that time, it only meant that it must have been categorized as a Section 75 bill rather than a Section 76 bill, meaning an ordinary bill affecting the provinces and not an ordinary bill not affecting the provinces. I still have some concern about how we prevent um, job hopping from MMs and CFOs, especially those who have been dismissed for financial misconduct, and I believe that they must be prohibited for, for re-employment at any other municipality, and there must be some kind of blacklisting for MMs and CFOs who've been um, dismissed for financial misconduct. And then on page 30, with regards to section 106 investigations, I'm not sure what the department's uh, stance is on this, on that, and that if we decided that councils must be compelled to implement the resolutions and I believe that um, MPEX must receive more attention in terms of um, capacitation. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honourable Oberman. Honourable Clow. Thank you, Chairperson. Can you hear me, Chairperson? Hello. Chairperson. Say, say those people who are making noise at the background, tell them to go. Okay, Chairperson. Can you uh, tell them to, to run away from you? Can you hear me, Ch my Chairperson? Yes, okay. So okay, thank you. Thank you very much. To stay away from you. Okay, thank you very much. Yes, Jefferson. Uh, my question will be on the issue of the problem statement on page nine. That uh, under the expenditure, that due to COVID-19, the residents of uh, many municipalities 
still needs to be rebated by making sure that they are given a percentage of rebate, especially on water and electricity. Uh, what will be the intake on that? Another uh, question will be on the prolonged labor dispute that it needs to be awarded by all costs and be resolved as soon as possible. And also speeding the process in making sure that they minimize the dispute so that workers are at work all the times. And uh, going to the issue of the appointment of municipal manager and managers directly accountable to municipality. In that question, I'm saying based on the issue of the city here of Tuan, that there is a long problem of the acting senior positions that needs to Mato. be urgently. Honorable, my chair. Can you remove that sign? Person? Can you remove that child to be away from you? There's a child who's making noise there. Should, should I remove? The child. The child. Okay, okay. Okay, yes, um, thank you, Chairperson. They are babies and people. Can you tell them? Yes. Let them get out of there. Please, please, my dog. Yes, I told hey, this little one, man, is troubling us. Oh, my chairperson, my another question will be that uh, on the issue of, uh, you know, on, still on the problem statement that there are a long problem of the municipalities that uh, the acting senior positions, on the problem of the acting senior positions, that needs to be urgently resolved especially on the issue of acting accountant, acting deputy director and director, because you find out that that person has long been acting in that position for plus minus 10 to 15 years. And sometimes they, uh, they put that person aside and they put somebody who maybe grade 12 or a grade 12 plus diploma to act on that position. So this also needs an agent attention. Uh, on the issue of uh, uh, the, 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 the COVID-19, the safety, that uh, safety measures, these things, uh, safety measures, need to be put in consideration by making sure that PP and sanitizers are enough that they yeah. can cover My the period of three months. You can hear me. My children, we are in a meeting, please, Honorable Do I have to stop you because we are hearing the background of your children? Chair. Okay, Honorable can you hear me? 
Honorable Mkalipi. Also, Chair, I think that Mamso is also engaging on another presentation because now she's talking about PPEs and sanitizers. I'm not sure, Chair, if you heard. Yes. And I, I heard that the focus, I think the focus is the people around the SOM that are making it lose focus. Oh, Mato, can you focus on the meeting and tell these people that I the issue, Jefferson, I'm, I'm on the issue of for nepotism, lack of effective performance management system. Yes, that. Uh, where, where, where are you? The question, it needs to be clarified very clear because the question of whistleblower it must be given clarity that he is reporting to who uh, eg let's say one person is damaging service delivery operations needs yeah. to be reported yeah. Yes. Which presentation are you dealing with? What page of the presentation are you talking to? Because the issues that you are bringing are not in line with what we're dealing with now. Honorable I can't. 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 No. I can't yes, we'll have to stop it here from you. Admin. Uh, hello. Can, can hello. you mute Honorable Joe, please, for me? Honorable Joe? Yes. Honorable Joe. Uh, Gigi, proceed. Yeah, Honorable Joe, I want to say that uh, uh, Honorable Joe is not talking on the presentation. At yes. 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 Yeah. That's we why I kept on asking her uh, which document is she referring to. Yes, maybe you must uh, mute her for the moment. No, we have muted her. Can we move? Because we have muted her now. She's on mute. I've removed her. Yes, sir. So, do you want to comment on the B? Yes, sir. Yes, I want to comment. Sir. The floor is yours. Let's proceed. Uh, thanks, sir. Mine, chair, would be just on the slide on the limitation of uh, political rights. And, uh, well, of course, that uh, the department is only supporting uh, that is uh, the limitation on uh, municipal manager and managers accounting to him. If I understood, I hate it. My point, chair, would be that uh, perhaps the expansion of the limitation of rights to all employees as recommended by salga would be actually appropriate because at the moment now if we'll be looking at uh, the objectives of the amendment underpinning those objectives was the professionalization of the sector and critically it was to address uh, the challenge of uh, political and administrative interface then that's that's the purpose and then therefore if then would not be extending 
the limitation of the rights to all employees of the municipalities, definitely there would be same unintended consequences. Wherein would find a position that a junior employee would hold a senior position in a political structure. And then that would also pose a challenge to the administration and professionalization within the municipality. Then I think that uh, perhaps the department must review uh, this recommendation from Salga that this extension should be to all municipal employees. That's my comment, Chair. Yes, thank you. Uh, I share the same sentiments with the speakers. Mindful of what Honorable Brink has also asked, whether it will stand the, the test, the constitutional challenge. But the question that comes to the department, uh, the mere rejection of this uh, proposal by Salga, uh, is the department seriously uh, 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 a, 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 a serious about professionalization of the uh, local government because you will all agree with it. Hell is breaking loose. The classical example that Honorable Hussein has said there, there are officials who are politicians. You can't touch them. Some are even senior to their political principles in terms of politics, and that's where hell operates. So I think if we are all serious, because I think that's the emphasis, this is an opportunity for us as a committee to professionalize local government. So we'll want to, to, to hear the department's view on this one as to whether really is the department really serious about professionalizing a local government. Over to you, DM and Tim, DM Tao and Tim. Are you starting or you'll allow the officials to start, then you'll come later. I will allow the officials to start just to confirm that Diem Papel has also joined us, Chair. Okay, welcome, Diem Papel. Thank you very much, Chairperson. I'm here. I came yes, in when Honorable Brink was speaking, so I've been listening. Thank you. You've been listening? Yes, very much so. <laughs> welcome. Thank you very much. And the children with Honorable Miggy, I could hear all of them. <laughs> okay, it's fine. We'll address that. We'll address that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Uh, Jacob, Tim, your responses before the two DMs comes in, come in. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, I will just... Uh, respond to some of the issues here, but not necessarily in defense of the position of the department. Uh, I'll start with uh, the 14-day period that is being proposed in the, in the bill in relation to the reporting of the appointment of senior managers to the MEC and subsequently to the minister. Uh, the rationale behind this uh, in the period. I'm aware of what uh, Salga has proposed. Is uh, the tendency of municipalities to prolong the finalization of the appointments of senior managers. And uh, we are not totally married to the 14-day period. Uh, what we were, were proposing is that uh, uh, if uh, 
the prolonged period, which might not necessarily be a problem, is allowed. And we are sure that uh, upon the internal processes of the appointment has been made, then uh, municipalities will then report within the required time, be it 30 days and so on. That will be appreciated. Maybe we might have to look, uh, or, or the, the honorable members might have to look at what then should happen in instances where we have put in a specified period of days for the reports to be given to MECs and subsequently to the minister. In instances where municipalities are not doing that, what then should be done? Uh, I think uh, MPs may, may, may have to debate along those lines and uh, 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 so that we can force municipalities to comply within the specified period, be it 14 uh, or 30 days. The other issue uh, raised by uh, uh, the limitation of uh, political rights. Our point was that um, this was the issue that was raised at the Constitutional Court. And MPs are right by saying that uh, there was no determination made by the court in relation to this uh, substantive matter. Uh, we are not saying that this should not be removed. We are only saying that um, uh, honorable members might have to deliberate on this and we might have maybe to have the chief state law advisor or parliamentary uh, uh, legal advisors to also look into uh, uh, the constitutionality of this in extending it to all staff members in municipalities. And if there is that constitutional test, the department does not have any problem in relation to extending. In actual fact, I've said in my presentation that uh, that particular clause has brought stability in, municipality, in, in municipalities. And uh, the extension thereof might bring even further stability in municipalities because there will be a differentiation between the political and the administrative arm of council. So that is our position. We are not saying that this must be removed. We are saying it has helped us. That is why we have requested uh, Parliament to expedite the finalization of this uh, bill so that we may then put into effect uh, the issue relating to us uh, uh, seeing to it that uh, we continue to work on what we gained over the, 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 the years when the, the, this particular act was, was promulgated and assigned by president in 2011. Uh, with regard to the fixed term contract of, uh, and I think on, in, in relation to the limitation of political rights, the, the two DMs will also uh, come handy in relation to how that assisted us to bring stability in municipalities. In relation to Honorable Mkalipu on the fixed term contract, our point is that uh, municipal managers may be appointed on a fixed term contract, but managers accountable to municipal managers must be, that is, that is actually the so-called section 56 managers, should be employed on a permanent basis for stability, for, for institutional memory, and also for continuity that we have seen the influx of senior managers after each and every local government elections. And municipalities and the provincial and national and SALGA, we are spending a lot of money in capacitating these senior managers and they are replaced in each and every five years after local government elections. So our rationale of proposing that managers accountable to senior managers must be on a, on a permanent basis was solely based on those particular basis. Uh, in relation to uh, what uh, Kans, uh, uh, Honorable Opperman said on the job hopping, in instances where people have been found guilty of misconduct, that particular section is there in the proposed amendment. 
and it is also there in, in our regulations, that uh, any staff member who's been found guilty of a misconduct, be it financial or otherwise, well then his name or her name will be included in our database. And before municipalities can appoint, uh, the database will then inform municipalities whether this person was found guilty or not, and the person will be precluded from being employed in the municipal space. So that we have and we also have in our regulations. Uh, Honorable Matlow, on the uh, people acting for a very long period, senior managers, by law, senior managers are not allowed to act for a period not exceeding uh, three months, but in the event that certain processes have not been finalized, uh, then people will then be, the municipalities will then request uh, the MEC for an extension. And in this particular instance, we are saying that it is not allowed that uh, people should be acting for a prolonged period. And uh, in relation to Swani, senior managers who have been uh, on an acting capacity for a very long period, we we'll look into the matter and maybe that might relate to other other, other uh, officials of council, not necessarily senior managers because we've got uh, a, 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 a committee that looks into all this acting uh, capacity appointments and uh, on a quarterly basis. We look into this, review them, and instances where we find any, any wrong, wrongdoing, uh, the minister will then inform municipalities to act accordingly. Uh, uh, Honorable Mpumza, on limitation of political rights, I think I've already indicated that uh, uh, we have no problem in the extension being made to all staff members in municipalities. We might, uh, Honorable members might have to look into the constitutionality of it because it was the bone of contention in actual fact what uh, Salga. Uh, what uh, 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 Samu went to court with. The second issue that related to the, the, the tagging was just, by the way, issue. The main issue in relation to this was this particular matter. I must bring to the attention of the honorable members again that uh, 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 possibilities are that that uh, this will also be a constitutional challenge. But if honorable uh, members are uh, comfortable with this, of which we are as a department comfortable, we may take that route and defend this matter and consider the matter be brought to court again. Thanks, uh, Honorable. Uh, colleagues, do we have follow-ups or should we should allow the third law advisor for their input and the parliamentary legal advisor? Honorable，honorable，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry，sorry
Yes. No, Chen, Chen, yes. My, my issue is on slide 17. Mm. Um, in relation to the DMs, you'll come after him. Ne? In, in relation to the in relation to the appointment of the acting municipal manager, where the mm. municipal manager is incapacitated, sick leave, and it is not practical for council to meet to appoint an acting manager. And the proposal from the department is that this matter should be provided for in the human resource policy adopted by council. The question would be, I think, as things stand, the section 59 that deals with systems of delegation. Um, why can't this be dealt with in that uh, 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 provision of the legislation in terms of systems of delegation? Systems of delegation should be clear in an event where a municipal manager is sick that at least the delegation must be delegated to certain individual until council meet. But if you're going to put it in the HR policy, um, I'm not too sure whether or not that won't be in conflict with uh, issues of systems of delegation check. I'd like to get clarity on that aspect. Okay. Uh, officials want to respond before I hand over to the DMs. Uh, Chairperson, uh, my understanding is uh, my understanding is that when 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 we said that uh, it will be prudent for the provincial and national departments to give support in terms of section one five four of the constitution to local government to capacitate uh, municipalities so that they can within the pool have. Uh, uh, the competent officials to act as uh, acting municipal managers and also that uh, your HR policies internally in instances where person is capacitated and the uh, council cannot just sit abruptly, especially like since your metros to deal with this. I am listening quite inter interestingly to uh, uh, Honorable Hadebe with an H that uh, we should then be looking into possibilities of uh, 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 looking into the delegation system. It is doable, we'll look into, we'll put some sort of a close in relation to that for the committee to look into it. Uh, but uh, uh, it is not something that, uh, uh, it's, 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 it's not undoable, it is, we will look into it so that we fortify the delegation system so that we can respond to the proposal made by Honorable Hadebe. Uh, before the DM comes, uh, Chair? The issue of appointments. Yes. Who's saying, Chair? No, no, it's fine. Continue, Chair. It was me. It's Is fine. It, okay. No, you can, you can I was trying to say this. Yes. Before the DMs come to the future as well, on this issue of appointments and the 14 day thing, there's nothing wrong with the 14 day thing. You remember. Uh, municipalities, uh, councils, they put together panels that comprises of Salga, Copta, even maybe finance to recruit, uh, and then the 
then the municipalities also then they know in terms of the law they have to report to the MEC for 14 days prior to the implementation of their council resolution or the person whomever they will have uh, appointed. But the problem is not with municipalities. The problem is with the MECs who are delaying to answer to municipalities. Some take up to three months, some take up to six, six, six months. And then later on, when the municipality implement the resolution, they take them to court. But I, I don't think there's any reasonable court. Yes. Then, so the issue last time is we'll deliberate in honorable uh, uh, the deputy minister who said to us, uh, you don't, they don't have control over the MECs. I would have want to see a proposal that was saying to say then maybe how do we empower either the minister uh, to have that power uh, over these MECs that are not compliant. But I can see also there is a proposal that we are going to deliberate around also penalties and remedial actions of the, on these delinquent MECs that don't uh, that don't comply. Is it you, Hadeva, who's calling? Adam? No, Chair, I think it's Honorable Mkalipi. Okay, Honorable Mkalipi? No, but yes, yes, Chair. Oh, Chair. Yes, Chair. Yeah. So those are the issues that maybe we'll deliberate on that, but they also will have wanted to. Because for you, for you as a department to just and say we don't have overall, we don't have control on the on the MECs, and then you're not providing a solution what needs to be done. But we 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 are, we are going to also deliberate on that one. Uh, over to you, DM Vapella, then GM Tau. Uh, Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, I will be leaving DM Dow to deal with the issues, including the issue whether this bill will now pass the constitutional master. Uh, because as you remember that this bill was brought back on the taking issues and those have been attended on to. Yeah, and then by, however, in the provisions, yes, it was I, the member did not direct which area mm -hmm. Was suspicious. Yeah, I know about the taking, but I don't know whether in the conditional body of the the the, the body of the the bill whether there's anything that the member was doubting, and hence the question, which was saying, will this time around, the bill pass the conditional bill? I know the officials did not respond to, but DM Dow has been delegated to deal with those particular issues, so I will then leave DM Dow to come in. DM Dow. Okay, thank you very much, Chairperson uh, and Honourable Members. Um, just to make a few comments, Honourable Chairperson, clearly we all are in agreement that with what we would want to achieve is the professionalization of public administration in the municipal space, and that for us to achieve this, we would need to put in place legislation that creates adequate controls for the delineation of responsibilities between the political and administrative functions in the municipality. But also that even as we clarify that, that we should try and ensure that um, the, the cross-pollination of political and administrative functions 
is limited or mitigated to the extent that it contributes to some of the governance challenges. As we try and do this, we have to be cognizant of the point that Honorable Mkalipi raised in relation to this bill also working in tandem with the Labor Relations Act, so that what we do is not in contravention of the Labor Relations Act. However, we need to ensure that we facilitate and enable an efficient and effective local government administration and governance system. I'm raising this in this way, Honorable Chair, because indeed it is not an easy exercise, neither for the department nor for parliament, uh, to be able to try and strike the appropriate balances. And this bill is trying to do exactly that, that trying to strike the appropriate balances in a very complex environment. Does it mean that we should anticipate possible constitutional challenges depending on how the bill is finally processed and what the, what the committee and parliament have agreed to? I suspect it's going to be dependent on how the final, the final uh, bill looks like um, at the point of pro proclamation, because it is at that point that we'll be able to determine whether in fact we've been able to mitigate any constitutional challenge. The other point that I thought I should make, Honorable Chair, is that we are going to collectively have to ensure that as we finalize legislation in this regard, we also say, for, and I'm going to make an example on the point that you raised, Chairperson, that to the extent that MECs have a duty in law to respond within a prescribed time frame, shouldn't it be that failure to respond within a prescribed time frame constitutes consent? So shouldn't we write it in such a way that it literally says to the MEC, if you have not responded in time, then it means that you have agreed. So in that way, you are able to discipline MECs uh, in terms of their responsibility to respond within time uh, and to meet the requisite timelines so that their actions do not undermine um, the administrative and political functions in the municipalities. So I think there is always a way in which we can write legislation in such a way that is enabling, but also enables all of us to stick to particular disciplines uh, by prescribing that if you don't meet timelines, this is what the implication is. In essence, it doesn't mean that we as a department would then say to another sphere of government, we shall discipline you for doing this. But it is the legislation that imposes a particular discipline in the conduct of, of uh, uh, all office bearers in this regard. I would think it would be both provincial and national office bearers to comply to the requisite timeframes that are prescribed in legislation. Uh, I think, Honorable Chair, without wasting your time, I would have covered the bulk of the broader issues and political issues that have been raised, including the fact that, of course, uh, this matter of, of um, the delineation of responsibility is on its own not going to be an issue, an, an easy issue to engage with and that we need to strike an appropriate balance uh, in how we craft the final legislation. Thank you very much. Thank you.
DM down. Um, state law advisor, Roland, are you ready to, yes. to put on the document on this presentation? Um, good evening, Chair, honorable members. Um, I'm sorry I was late to this meeting. I had some challenges with my with my laptop. Are you uh, able to hear me, Chairperson? Yes, we can see you. Can you just put in your picture so that people can see you a bit? Then you can save your data later. Just zoom in uh, your picture a bit. Oh, I don't know how to do that. You don't know how to do that? I don't know how to do that, Chair. Okay, proceed. Are you, can you at least see can hear you. you can hear me. That's important. Chairperson, I didn't prepare a presentation, um, but um, yes, uh, with regards to the question regarding the constitutionality of Section 50, uh, 56A as it stands currently, um, just to elaborate again on Samu's attempt on, on this particular section in the Constitutional Court, Samu attacked um, the fact that it was an unjustifiable limitation of the right to um, uh, to make political choices, but also a number of other rights. And then also some who attack the fact that they um, allege that the definition of political office as it currently stands in the, uh, well, in the bill before us also, is vague um, to such a, an extent that a municipal manager or managers directly um, accountable to such managers would not know how to conduct themselves um, in such a manner that they do not infringe um, or impose, uh, uh, contradict the act, sorry. Um, and then um, what the court also did was the court did not decide on the specific substantive challenge as Honorable um, Opperman indicated, because at that stage the court had already found the, um, the act to be uh, unconstitutional on the basis of the procedure, of course, the tagging of the bill. So the court merely said that um, they would not be considering the substantive issue and particularly the court indicated that this provision might even change later on during this parliamentary process, which we are currently at. Um, and that's why the court didn't discuss it. Um, and the court didn't even consider um, making, making an order on that. Um, from the beginning of Section 56, um, even with the previous act before it was passed, the Oxford held exactly the same view that we are that we have now, um, Section 56A, even if it is extended to all the employees in the municipality, is it is a limitation on the rights, uh, on the political rights, on all those rights that some who might have um, indicated to the court also. But what must be established is whether those limitation that limitation would be justifiable, and we. Um, we as, as the state advisors and, and even the committee cannot decide whether that will be justifiable. The onus would be on the minister to place the necessary evidence before the court and um, the just justifiable limitation would be considered with reference to section 36, which the honourable um, member pointed out is um, a number of factors that the court would um, consider. But in our, um, in our opinion, we've considered the, the reason and the purpose for this limitation, and we found that um, there, there would be no reason for the court to find that the limitation is unjustifiable. 
and according to us, we still hold the view that this limitation, even if extended to other municipal employees, would be um, justifiable in terms of uh, Section 36 because of the reasons um, also that the, the, the DM elaborated on. Uh, but yes, uh, from our side, we feel that it's up to the committee to decide whether uh, whether to extend it as proposed by Salga or whether the section should remain as it was previous to the court challenge. Um, but what I can perhaps just say is um, we must keep in mind that there will always be the possibility that there will be challenge a challenge in court. Um, it might not be again um, by SAMU, but um, if, if the committee uh, decides to go with this extended limitation or even with the section as it stands currently, um, it must be the, the necessary evidence must be provided by the minister in court to justify that limitation. And we feel that it will be justified. Thank you, Chair. Okay, Advocate Jenkins. Here. Sorry, there I Thank you, ma'am. Good evening, uh, honorable members and colleagues. I hope you can hear me. Um, am I audible, ma'am? Can I continue? You can continue. You can continue. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, um, I just want to address that specific area which my colleague from the state law advisors addressed now, the 56A. Um, ma'am, First of all, let's, let's just be serious that that provision came from the department. Um, it also came from the department in 2011 or 2009 when we dealt with it. So it's a policy decision that was taken at that level. Um, and when we went to court, remember we went to a high court, we went through the appeal court, the, the um, appellant court as it is now, and we went through the constitutional court. Parliament is in charge of the procedure and we answered unsuccessfully the tagging question. The question around the policy issue of 56A is a departmental question. It's a policy question. The Constitution says yeah. it's the national executive that deals with policy. Now, I'm, I just put that there because that lays the basis for what I want to say. What I want to say is that when we, and much like my colleague from the State Law Advisor said, what is the purpose of this provision? The purpose of the provision, what I'm hearing now, is stability within local government. When we dealt with it in 2011 before the judges, the purpose was to depoliticize the um, public service within local government. It was to enhance service delivery. Now, why is that important? It's important because Section 36 of the Constitution says there must be proportionality between the purpose and the limitation. So we need to be clear on what the purpose of this provision is. And then we need to be clear on the evidence that this works because we've had time to implement now. So it should be easy then to show to the court that this actually works. And then, ma'am, uh, the critical issue attached to the purpose, I mean, as I said, it must be clear, the critical issue around the purpose is, is it the least restrictive means? Is it um, is it the least restrictive means that could have used to achieve those purposes? And we need to prove that. We'll need to show that to the court. Remember, the, if someone wants to take us to court again, they can only aver, they can say, we think it's unreasonable. 
Parliament must then go ahead and the, and, and the department, the minister will have to go ahead and say, this is the evidence we have. There is no other means to achieve this legitimate objective we have. Uh, and then we'll pass that constitutional muster. So there's a lot of questions, ma'am, around this issue. And uh, as I said in the beginning, those questions fundamentally are directed to the minister, to the deputy ministers and to the DGs to explain that. And, and if, if, if the committee wants to keep that in there, because it just sounds to me from the beginning that, the, 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 that we were told it's for parliament to decide whether they want to keep it or not keep it. I would suggest, ma'am, we ask the department, show us the evidence that this is necessary and this will pass constitutional muster. We need to talk clearly to section 36. So, ma'am, I'll, I'll leave it at that because I think it's it's sort of, it's only now that we're really starting to get into that part. We can look at the papers that we had in the court in 2011. Um, from our side, we can put that for the committee. We can make a document for the committee, but it will really be for the department to come forward and say, this is the purpose. This is what we want to achieve. There's no, there's, there's, it's the least restrictive measure that we can use. We have to use this measure and we know it will work. And then we can go ahead. Um, there's always going to be a challenge, or not always, but there's always a chance of a challenge. But we need to be on top of this one, ma'am. We can't go to court again and, and lose this thing. So, ma'am, let me leave it at yes. that. Um, thank you. Okay. I think that's fair enough. That's fair enough, Advocate Jenkins. I think, yes, it's so fair enough. So then, yeah, we'll move along those ways. Colleagues, do we have to comment on the inputs by the two legal advisors? Uh, Honorable Blink, you will have to have a follow-up question, definitely, or comment. Uh, Chair, th thanks very much. I, I don't have a question. Um, I think my my a question has been answered. I just say, I'm sorry, I just want to say that I think the purpose of the limitation is crystal clear. I yes. think uh, if, if you look at what this committee has seen, if you look at the uh, presentations by Salga, at the incidents that Honorable Hussein referred to, it is crystal clear that the constitutional imperative of a, pro a professional public service, including a, a professional municipal service, is a very valid policy objective, and I don't think that we will have any problem, not we, I think the minister will have any problem if, if that is challenged. Uh, I think to an extent, um, um, Ms. van Aswirchen has answered the, the question on the extended limitation that, that Salga uh, proposes, uh, and, and I think also in all probability there is, uh, there is sufficient uh, grounds to support that extended uh, that extended okay. prohibition. Uh, thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank Chair. You. It's hard, Debbie. Who else wants comments? Chair, I wanted to also uh, just raise a quick point uh, in response to Advocate Je Debe, Jenkins. Hussein, who else? Umza. Umza. Who else? Kalibi, you're okay. Okay. Mr. President, I'm okay. I'm following. Okay. Okay. Operman, are you okay? 
Yes, Chairperson, I'm okay. I'm following. Honorable Tulia, are you okay? Where is it? I'm Kize. I am satisfied, Chair, about the explanation to the liquor. Thank you. Yeah, okay. I'm also satisfied, Chairperson, because oh, I don't have yes. any document with me. My email is up. I can't access my email. I don't have the data in the iPad. That's so, last. That's last. Hadebe, the floor is yours. Yes, Chair. I, I wanted to understand that we are on the same page. The, the, the limitation of political rights only relate to... Uh, uh, po politicians who hold uh, uh, office bearers. Is that the understanding, Chair? Because previously, when we spoke about this, uh, the, the explanation was that uh, these rights are limited when it comes to office bearers of political parties. Can I just get that understanding? Uh, okay, that's the, that's the point. And then Definitely also Salga will also develop their own details and share with us as a committee. They've got their own experiences as well uh, in support of the minister. Then uh, advocate, two advocates will respond to your question, Honorable Adewe. Then Honorable Lusen. Yeah, uh, Chairperson, if I, if I understood the advocate Jenkins correctly, he said that the department... Uh, should probably advise whether or not that the provision to expand the limitation of political rights uh, is the least restrictive measure, if I understood what he what he said. So I, I wonder whether it would be beneficial at this stage maybe to get some response in that regard from the department. I mean, if we don't get that response, then we may just continue down the wrong, you know, the wrong road. Uh, yes. If it's possible to get a response from them now, otherwise we might have to deal with it at a later stage if they need some time to apply their minds. Okay. Uh, Honorable Mpumza. Honorable Mpumza. Hello, Chair. It's chair. Am I audible? Thank you very much. Chair, ah. first, yes, Chair, the, the, both the, the state law advisor, Yolanda, as fun as when, eh? and uh, Mr. Jenkins, they are indicating that uh, uh, perhaps uh, there's a probability that uh, the, 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 this issue of the limitation might might pass the constitutional master, provided that there is a, a critical balance uh, between the purpose and limitation in terms of uh, the arguments that would be forwarded by the department, which gives us an indication then, therefore, that uh, the extension might may be justifiable, given that uh, we are geared enough as a department uh, to to advance our 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 argument and the evidence uh, that indeed the 
limitation of political rights to all employees would actually achieve the objective of uh, professionalizing a local government. In particular, that uh, now uh, Mr. Jenkins is indicating that the purpose would be to achieve a stability. And as per the input by the DPG, Teboho was indicating that after the implementation of this particular amendment since 2011, some semblance of uh, stability in the municipality has been achieved. And then this would be one of the considerations that would have to be advanced by the department to ensure that this uh, actually is achieved. Because a person, if we'll be looking at a chapter 10 of the constitution, uh, how then chapter 10 of the constitution outlines the professionalization and the standard in the public administration of South Africa and in line with achieving a capable developmental state. Indeed, these are matters that would have to be taken into consideration for this uh, amendment to be effected. Thanks, Chair. Okay. I'll start with the uh, state law advisor and the parliament uh, legal advisory services to respond to the issues as raised by Honorable Hadebe. And then uh, the department will address the issues as raised by Honorable uh, uh, Hussein. And then, yes, including the ones raised by Honorable Mpumza. Yes. Over to you. Who's that in your land? Uh, yes, Jay. Um, thank you very much. Um, yes, just uh, in relation to the difference between political office and political office bearer. Uh, Section 56I states that a municipal manager or a manager directly um, accountable to such manager may not be a, uh, may not hold political office. So both of these terms are actually defined in the Municipal Systems Act. Um, but what political office means is that um, it's a position of chairperson, deputy chairperson, secretary, deputy secretary or treasury of the party nationally or in a province, region, or in other area in which the party operates. But then part B of that specific definition says that it's also any other position in the party that's equivalent to the position that's referred to in paragraph A, irrespective of the title designated to the position. So even if there is a position in a political party that is not specifically called chairperson or deputy chairperson, um, a position that is uh, almost similar to that will also be a political office. But political office bearer is something different. That is also defined in the Municipal Systems Act. And that means a speaker, an executive mayor, a deputy executive mayor, a mayor or a member of the executive committee. But what we are limiting uh, the municipal managers on in Section 56 is um, to hold political office. So that means that they cannot be chairpersons or deputy chairpersons or secretaries or deputy um, secretaries or anything that has a similar um, st uh, standing or is equivalent to those positions. Now, I think that is where some um, I was not part of the, of the court um, 
of the of the court. That is also indicating that is it me? Or political might be violated because that part B of the definition might possibly open up the issue of political office, the definition of political office. Um, and that is okay. where I latched on to say that it might limit the political rights more extensively. Um, so I, I'm not sure if that answers Honorable um, Hadebe's uh, question. Thank you, Chair. Okay. Uh, Advocate Jenkins. Uh, Ma'am, thank you very much. Um, let me deal with the, the issue of the extending of the limitation to all employees. Uh, I think for the committee to consider this issue, and maybe for the department as well, one must realize, again, the purpose of the limitation and, and to get efficacy out of that purpose. It will be affected if we say, but we're only dealing with senior employees, if I can use a generic term. Um, one will have to deal with the discrimination, so to speak, between the employees, why certain of them are limited and others are not, given that the purpose is to have total professionalism in the sector. So from where I'm sitting, ma'am, it looks to me that that the distinction between senior and junior employees and the limitation applying only to the senior ones, that could be a problem. Um, yeah. But uh, so let me leave that. The I've said what I've said maybe too much in the beginning about the purpose and so forth. I will look at it again on the on the issue of the professionalism and, and leave it at that, ma'am. But but that, that's yes. where we are now. The limitation is not a total ban on political membership. It's just on, on as my colleague um, Yolanda yes. has said, it's in senior senior office holders yes. in a political party. Let me leave it there. Thanks, ma'am. Okay, being office bearers, that's what it's saying. Okay, then uh, the department, uh, the feedback, are you able to share with us the examples as requested by Honorable Hussein? Since you started implementing this, is the evidence. Uh, uh, I think we can also ask Asalga to provide us with evidence so that they can share with us when it comes to these issues. Uh, department? Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, uh, honorable members of Parliament, uh, I have indicated that. Uh, uh, prior to 2011, this was enacted into law, this particular section, there were other issues that tempered with the smooth running of municipalities that also affected uh, quality service delivery in municipalities. And uh, we have seen stabilization after the enactment of this section that dealt away with obstacles that were there in the administration. And uh, we can provide, not now, we can provide details in relation to that uh, that particular occurrence prior to, the, to, to, to this section did not occur after we then implemented the particular section. Uh, uh, Advocate Jenkins will also remember that uh, we had a very lengthy discussion on the issues that he's raising now. Issue relating to whether this particular limitation was justifiable, 
whether that uh, 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 limitation was the least destructive measure that can be taken to make sure that municipalities' administration was able and that it affected also professionalization of the sector. And there are many other issues relating to this particular section in the proposed amendments that also dealt with the issue of professionalization relation competencies in relation to what uh, are the competencies and qualifications and the expertise that senior managers should have. Part and parcel of that conglomeration of other issues was the issue relating to the limitation of political rights. What I can say uh, through our DMs that uh, we will provide, we will, we will develop some sort of uh, a discussion a, a, uh, a in relation to the experience since the implementation of this to prove that there has been some sort, some, some sort of uh, an improvement. And uh, through our DMs, we will be able to provide that to the committee. And I'm aware also that Salga with us will also be providing in support of the fact that there has been tremendous, uh, I want to make certain examples in relation to this because I've made that last time when we were before the portfolio committee, but the certainty in relation to decisions were made and uh, we will then make such um, a contribution to the committee through our DMs. Thanks. Uh, uh, okay, okay. And uh, then it that how soon will that evidence be available if I'm to make follow up? Because then uh, it also it will have an impact on ours to make the deliberation on the Metaise committee with that evidence. How soon would that information be available? Uh, because the information is just for compilation and whatever, maybe uh, a week or so after this uh, engagement and uh, we'll provide that to our DMs and uh, see how it goes. Salga, you are CEO and the deputy president. I think you are around. I'll allow you to speak also. How long will it take for you to also give us that evidence as we want it as a committee? Salga, CEO, deputy president. I will, I will thank, thank, thank you very much, uh, um, uh, the Councillor Stofile, uh, responsible for IGR governance. I, I will ask Lance uh, to give an, an answer on that. Okay. See you. Well, uh, thank, thank you very much, Jefferson. And uh, may I also extend can, uh, the Councillor mute his mic first. Is that so? We can hear you now. COO. Thank you very much, Chair. Proceed. May I also extend greetings to members of the committee as well as the two uh, deputy ministers. Uh, we have compiled some work. Uh, it, it's something we can pull together in a few days. Uh, so, 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 so maybe by Tuesday, Wednesday next week, Chair, we'll be able to make that uh, comprehensive submission to yourselves. Uh, information is available. It's just for us to consolidate. meeting by Tuesday next week. 
the department says a week a week today it's a thursday a week it should be wednesday next week as well so can we agree that we'll have that information uh, by end of business on wednesday next week yes so end of business wednesday next week that information can be provided then uh, under the circumstances members do you want us to 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 then uh, proceed with the amendments, or can we wait for that information that will also assist us then to deliberate on these matters? Can I get direction from members? Yes, Mukhalipi Hadebe. I think that has wage Chairperson, in order for the committee to take an informed decision when we deliberate on the matter. I, su- okay. I suggest, Chair. Yes, there's a suggestion. Any seconder to the suggestion? Seconded, Chair. Councillor Hattie, Honorable Hattie, seconded. Oh, you were thinking alike. Okay, seconded. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking like a councillor, chair. Councillor, did I say councillor? Once a councillor, always a councillor. Back to the meeting, colleagues. Back to the meeting. Okay. Yes. So then it means then that uh, it will also afford Honorable Show and Honorable uh, Mam Kize to go through the actual presentation now. And those of you who get this late, that will afford you an opportunity so that you can be going through them so that when and when the evidence then become available. Shirin, can we work on our committee program? So when are we reconvening? So when we reconvene, it will be for us to consider the evidence, then uh, the state law advisors and the parliamentary legal advisor will also help us to consider that evidence. Then members will then uh, make their proposed amendments and then which areas we are in agreement of whatever, then we will then request uh, the state law advisor and the department to come up with an amended list. So... I think then it brings us to the end of our meeting today with the resolution that uh, we are going to get this evidence to be submitted by both SALGA and the department uh, with regard to this limitation clause we are dealing with here by Wednesday next week. And then a further meeting then will then be scheduled for members to make their proposed amendments and then a way forward to that effect. So I think then it brings us to the end of this meeting today. Uh, unless if there's any other burning matter before I then uh, conclude, move towards the conclusion of the meeting. Is that a proper way forward, colleagues? Agreed, Chair. Yes, agreed, agreed, Chair. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Okay. Then let me confirm the participants of this meeting again. Uh, before we close, it's Honorable Kronelwald, Honorable Lituli, 
Honorable Mpumza, Honorable Becky Hatebe, Honorable Pritika Vanchaba, Honorable Hussein, Honorable Magito, Honorable Mukalifi, Honorable Brink, Honorable Gisela Opperman. That's it. Did I miss anyone? None. I, I, I didn't miss you, Honorable Lutoli. I started with you. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm quiet. <laughs> yes. I see your mic is on. That's why I'm trying to say I I'm never quiet. met you today. I'm quiet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then it's okay, colleagues. I think the way forward, as we have agreed, we are going to reconvene to consider the evidence that will have been provided by Sarga and the department itself. That's when then members will be able then to make uh, their proposed amendments and then we'll find a way how do we agree to all this as we've always done. Then, yeah, from there we'll decide on the way forward. I want to thank uh, all the guests that have managed to attend uh, this meeting, starting from Salga, PMG, and any other guests that I've seen here in our presence. Also to thank uh, our committee manager, who's always with us in attendance. Also to thank the two deputy ministers for attending to thank uh, the state law advisor and the parliamentary legal advisor for being with us in this meeting, and you, honorable members, for the manner and the commitment in which you want this uh, bill to be frustrated and uh, uh, dealt with. So it's always a pleasure to have you uh, deliberating the way you do. And then let's go back and read and read again and then think so that when we we come with our proposed amendment, something concrete that, that will help us uh, professionalize this uh, sector. So I want to thank you all for attending the meeting. So you have an early uh, night, at least the meeting gets urgent. See you tomorrow. We are meeting tomorrow, same time. Thank you, colleagues. The meeting okay, will end. Okay, guys. DM, DM. Which DM? Oh, there are two. There are two <laughs> DMs. <laughs> yeah, DM of traditional affairs. Hey, you right. come this side. <laughs> I was going to feel all right. Go on, <laughs> on, Go on. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. Come to this side, Bopela. Yes. DM. <laughs> <laughs>